Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues. We're going to wrap up Hawaii with singer-songwriter and bassist Matt Kraula. But first, you know, we've all done this, right? We have all done this. You've played a gig, you find that perfect tone you're looking through or looking for, and then the we find that perfect tone we're all looking for, then the club owner comes up and says, you know, you're, you're, you're a little too loud. Or something like that. And so now you got to change everything you've done. You've worked all evening to get that perfect tone, that sweet spot. And it's all got to change now, right? Well, not anymore. Introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage plexi circuit. The Lexi has a rhythm crunch channel and a boosted lead channel. It has some digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and a really awesome voice switch, right? It has considerably more gain than the Plexi does at volumes, though, that range from a whisper all the way to concert-level volumes, but it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. So you can set your tone, turn the volume down, and not lose the tone. It's just amazing. Two channels each have their own gain and their own master volume, but they share the same EQ but it's Landry Amps, www.landryamps.com. Matt, how are things on the island? Oh, they're good. And I'm which island? Good, um, which, how are you? I'm good. You're on. You're in Honolulu. Which island is that? Is that? I am. Uh, it's on Oahu. Oahu, okay. So you guys have had some issues, and one of your songs actually deals with one of the towns that's been in the news a lot, and we'll talk about that way down the way. But have you been affected by the fires? Um. You know, we've been we've been really fortunate over Oahu that we were not affected by the fires, at least, you know, um, other than, you know, acquaintances and stuff that we know yeah. that are over there. But physically, Oahu has been unaffected by the fires. Yeah. OK, so I thought the fires were in Oahu. They're not. So they're on Maui. Oh, uh, I'm, you're, you're right. I'm. bear in mind there's a and people don't know this there's a six hour time difference now so matt's just getting off work and i'm getting ready to go to bed okay (laughs) (laughs) so you're right right maui but i did there was something in the news today about lahaina uh lahaina yeah lahaina and it's one of the songs you have coming up we'll talk about it in a little bit but uh apparently they got you pretty bad it's been it's been really horrible there's i know it's something around 115 people uh were killed in the fires oh my gosh that whole town uh is just it was kind of leveled by the fires to the whole town of lahaina and there's um it was just a real really tragic Um, and i'll be over there in a couple weeks uh, performing at a uh, benefit concert um on the other side of maui because the that the side with Lahaina is pretty much closed right now. Um, so there's going to be a pretty big benefit concert at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center at the end of September. So I'll uh, yeah. be over there performing that too. Oh, that's good. Matt and I were supposed to be recording this interview tomorrow night, 
but I have a benefit we have to go to because I'm in Vermont and there's a benefit going on in Burlington to help support the farmers that get hit by the flooding up here. So there's, there's, there's just a lot of catastrophe that we're dealing with as musicians. And I don't know about you, but don't you feel compelled? You have to give something. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a reminder of, of how good we have it sometimes and how fortunate we are um, to be on the other side of things and to be in the position to be, to be, you know, donating time or money or talent. Um, and instead of being in the position that, you know, the less fortunate people, it's just based on location have found yeah. themselves in, you know? Yeah. I, I use uh, this phrase one day, 3000 people went to work and didn't come home. You know, yeah, that's that's how fragile life is, and and I don't want to get into this like deep thing. This is a music show, you know, sure. right? <laughs> but, right. Uh, but we're dealing with something very real, and and it's it's touching you a lot more than it's touching most of the rest of us that aren't on the islands. Yeah, it's and the islands are have a very special way of life here. There, it is really a community, and and um, it, it's amazing how everybody looks out for each other here and they, it's, you know, even being on a different Island, you know, there's, there's so much, um, pride, Hawaii pride here. And that um, must be it, man, because you're, you're my last interview from Hawaii. Okay. On, on this season. Okay. And I'm getting that sense from everybody that you don't have to be here or here. There's no competition. It's more of a unity thing. That's yeah, amazing. absolutely. It's just, uh, you know, it's, I think it's, I, I wouldn't even want to guess where it comes from, but they call it Aloha yeah. here, which is just like the Aloha spirit of being like, kind of just that mean, you know, so Aloha <laughs> can mean hello or goodbye, but it also kind of means love or like, um, like, a. You know, some people would maybe compare it to like Southern hospitality, like the Aloha spirit is yeah. just this welcoming, like, you know, uh, kind of warmth, like, uh, that the people show, try to show to each other. Like they'll say like, live your life with Aloha, that those kind of. No statement. kidding. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, really cool. And it's nice. And you know, it's nice to see how many people do that and, uh, look out for each other, uh, especially when it, when it's really, when it really matters. Yeah. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about your music. Let's, let's get out of the philosophy track here. Cause it's a music sure. <laughs> So Matt, uh, you're a singer, songwriter, bass player. I am. Yeah. And who do you play bass for when you're not doing your own gig? So I play for quite a few different artists. Um, the main artist that I play with here, his name is Henry Capono. Um, and he was part of a group called CNK. Uh, yeah. And they just celebrated 50 years of the release of their debut album. It no came kidding. out in 73 on Columbia Records. So uh, I have heard that name a lot this week. It's, it's a uh, his name's Henry Capone. He's a very, very well known, legendary uh, Hawaiian musician and um, when I was moving to the islands about five years ago his bass player was from Boston and he was moving home to Boston and we met in passing and talked a bunch and had a lot in common and and he uh, 
said, you know, Henry's going to be looking for somebody when I leave. I think you'd probably be a good fit. Come by and meet him. And we did and got the ball rolling and I took over when he left. How cool is that? I mean, you're, you're with a legend, man. It's my era because I'm much older than you, much older than you. But that'd be like somebody saying, well, I, I met this guy as a guitar player for Don Ho, you know? Sure. <laughs> and Don well, Ho's guitar player stepping, or his bass player stepping down, and and we got to talk, and I got a chance to go and play with him, and I'm playing with Don Ho now, you know? Right? And, and it's very, it's, it's funny you say that because actually uh, his drummer, uh, the drummer in the band, Wendell Ching, is, was Don Ho's drummer. Oh, no like, way. Get out of here. I, really? I want to say for like 10 plus years. And, wow. Uh, his uh, and Henry's operations manager, one of the kind of behind the scenes people that run his his uh, Henry Capono Foundation um, uh-huh. was uh, is Don Ho's widow. Uh, so I'm pretty close. You know, we work on a lot of stuff together. That's a cool, cool name to have on your resume when you're out gigging on your own, isn't it? Oh, certainly is. <laughs> does that open doors or does it open big doors or how does it work? You know, it's, uh, it's, it kind of, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it does help quite a bit. Um, and, uh, also Henry is very, um, he's always willing to lend a hand when he can. It's, it's not like, um, you know, it's not one of those sidemen jobs where you show up and you're expected to not know the artist. And it's like, you know, if you're playing with, I don't, I don't know who a good example would be, but maybe you just show up and they're not even at the rehearsal and you, and then, uh, you know, you work with a music director and are just expected to be ready. You know, it's, it's a team and, and Henry is the leader of the team and we're all there. And like during COVID, we, uh, we did like live broadcasts from his house and and ended up How getting to know each that? other. How quite did you well. do that? Were you isolated or? So we, the rules in Oahu were you could have under there was a number of people that you could get together with. So gotcha. okay. um, as long as everybody was feeling okay, uh, we kind of stuck to the mandates that they had in place. Uh, when the mandates said you had to have under. I forget what the mandates were, but when we first started it, he would bring one member from the band over each week and we would do like duo shows because that kept it under the number yeah, that yeah. was allowable. And then when they expanded it a little bit, we would live stream the whole band and we really got to know each other kind of hanging out and just, we all became pals during that time. That's really cool. Cause you build that, that esprit de corps, you know, that camaraderie, you build that on that one-on-one thing. And then you yeah. come out on the other side of this, and you guys got a team, man. It it is really nice, and it, you know it led to um, he has like a uh, he's been very supportive of of my uh, my songwriting too. Even though that's you know he hires me as a bass player, and right. I I play bass and sing harmonies with him. But uh, you know he knew I was a songwriter when I when I came on board, and he's you know, it was really nice about it. He said, do you think you have time for both? And I said, I think, you know, both of them will help, help each other out. You know, my, my work as a songwriter makes me an arranger. And like when he brings new music, it kind of like, you know, I understand how bass should fit maybe with his song without stepping on the song, like kind of, you know, just being where it needs to be. And, 
the same side working with somebody as established and as talented and legendary as him has done nothing but uh, be inspiring for my writing. And um, you know, he has a uh, program um, called the it's called the Henry Capono Foundation's On the Rise program, where they try yeah. to put talented singer songwriters in front of bigger crowds. So he, they've given me a lot of opportunities through that too. I've opened, I opened for him at the Blue Note here, and oh wow, I've for, um, that's really cool. Yeah, the, and it's that was one of the certainly one of the bigger events that I I got to do as a songwriter, and um, and there's uh, there's been a bunch of opportunities like that um, where they just start to help it, trying to give back and and help the next generation um, get to the next step in their career and kind of gets back to that whole aloha concept it really yeah. is and uh people he is like really a perfect example of somebody who who like shows that spirit in their day-to-day yeah. -day life and it's just kind of a big part of who he is well we're blessed because we get to have you on our show Oh, well, we thank you. So I've got some notes here. And one of the songs we're going to play here, the first song we're going to play here is a song called Butterflies. And the words I wrote down there was island sound. Because there's a sound <laughs> that comes from the islands. And I don't know what it is. It's a percussion thing, but I don't know what it is. But I really got that from Butterflies. So oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> walk, me, walk me through that. Tell me what I'm experiencing there. Because I think I got it, but I'm not sure yet. That, that's it so i wrote that song uh a few years ago and i sent that one over because it's it's one of my more popular songs uh on you know spotify and all those yeah. channels and uh i uh it, it was kind of it was one of those songs that i just sat down and i i work a lot in my home studio and sometimes i'll kind of split uh i'll hire different musicians to play um but i actually played everything on that recording no way so really I, okay. yeah so That's i did cool. all the drums and and i uh i'm a bass player so i almost always play bass on my stuff and i usually play rhythm guitar but i also was getting pretty interested in um steel guitar so i played some what i'll say is very basic steel guitar <laughs> but i was still excited it was in tune and uh yeah. time that's in tune that's all i want <laughs> and i just wanted that uh and i think that's probably where some of that island sound comes from but i really wanted it to be um you know it goes back to i, I my songwriting i always really focus on having a memorable chorus and that's kind of uh -huh. the main thing for me and i i uh kind of went for some more ethereal sounds on that than I normally do and, and created some soundscapes that uh, I think really, really brought that one to a, to a new level for me. That's, that's the word, man. It was a soundscapes because there was something about the, 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 the sound and the tone of what you were putting out. And I could, that's it. That's it. Really good, <laughs> man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Very rarely will you find me speechless. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> but that and was really thing. Another thing that I really tried to do on that one, which I love to do when it works, it usually doesn't work, and I usually abandon it. But I, I sang the verses over, uh, over, uh, bass playing chords instead of a guitar. Usually, so it kind of created like I'm kind of arpeggiating 
uh, um it's a different syncopation yeah it's it's over it's over like a finger essentially like what you do finger picking a guitar but i did it on a bass instead yeah. um and i thought that added like something cool to the to it the really whole did. well what I, what i got from it was a, a, a heavier percussion presence but i think of the bass as a a string percussion instrument anyway yeah <laughs> you know really cool sound and we're gonna play it right now okay that so, sounds great this this is matt crahula and i got it right that time right you certainly did. <laughs> How about that? Because <laughs> earlier I had a typo and I was calling him Met Kalua, <laughs> at least to myself. And that's that's just a really good coffee drink. But this is from Honolulu, Matt Krahula, and the song is called Butterflies.
Butterflies, Matt Krahula, Honolulu, Music of America podcast continues. In a moment, the jingle that hits like a single. Doesn't that sound cool? Well, that's the slogan for Jingle Lingo. It's an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote your business and promote you and make you stand above the rest of the crowd. Think of all those musical jingles you've heard through your life, right? Who came up with those? Who wrote that jingle? Jingle Lingo can and will put your business into a higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs. Jingle Lingo, custom made and custom designed with you and for you. Through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter, Courtney Davis Jackson, check them out today and get them to get to work on your jingle just for you. It's a great musical jingle from Jingle Lingo lingo www.jinglelingo.com the jingle that hits like a single what's the shortest song you ever wrote matt i released a song that's like a minute and 30 seconds maybe a minute 40 seconds it was on my first album i was kind of in uh, like a country punk band it was called how could you know love (laughs) country punk band let's let's so that brings us up let's get into your pedigree what sure. got you to where you are? How did you start in music? What uh, what was your beginning? And and what morphed into where you are today? So I started uh, playing upright bass in fourth grade, actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're this big. The bass is this big, right? <laughs> yeah. it was. Uh, so I played a quarter size, but it was still way too big for me. I was always pretty small for my, for my age. And... Um, I improved. I was improving pretty quickly. Um, so the teacher at school recommended that I start um, private lessons so that instead of, you know, studying with a, a general music teacher that plays a little bit of every instrument, yeah, yeah, I would still take lessons with him, but then take lessons with um, somebody that specialized in upright bass. So I, um, I had a bunch of really good teachers, and it, including the one that that uh, sent me to study with with a you know a, an actual bass player um yeah. it was they were just um his name was nat fosner he's one of the most talented guys around and uh you know he was a oboe player teaching strings and he was oh, just a wonderful musician he could play anything and but he wanted me to study with somebody who is specifically a bass bass teacher so so you're so you're in fourth grade right and you're playing yeah. an upright bass how do you get into what you're doing now? I mean, that's you. You just don't in fourth grade. You're not trained in playing like Hanaluchi <laughs> Boogie, you know. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, I ended up going to school. I played all throughout, you know, um, middle school and high school, and uh, I ended up going to purchase conservatory music, and I studied classical bass with um, Tim Cobb, who was the principal bass player of the New York Philharmonic. Wow, and uh i was kind of preparing to do a career in classical orchestral music and uh while let me, I was in- let me ask you real quick let me ask sorry yeah what, what would a classical bass piece be like a signature classical bass piece <laughs> uh this that's an easy question to answer because there's so few of them right uh so there's like about six concertos that were written for like that 
there's more than that, but there's really six or seven that are the repertoire. Uh-huh. There's um, one called the Dragonetti Concerto. They're all kind of just named after the composers. So Dragonetti oh, okay. Uh, okay. was one. Hindemith is like a more modern concerto. Uh, and then a uh, big thing for bass um, is to do the Bach cello suites on upright bass. So Okay, okay. That they're makes kind sense. of like yeah. um, middle-of-the-road difficulty on uh, cello. But they're they're like um, pretty expert level because uh, the different tuning on a bass versus a cello makes a lot of the makes them a much tougher play on on upright bass because the cello is a higher tone higher tune. The cello is the cello is tuned in fifths, and then the bass is tuned in fourths. Really? So just a lot of the intervals and stretching that exists yeah. on a, a cello doesn't really exist on a bass. So you go from classical music to where you are now. What's in between there? Did you yeah, dabble so, in jazz, dabble in blues? Or what? <laughs> no, I never I never really played a lot of jazz or blues. But while I was in uh, conservatory, they also had a program for both music producers. They had a studio there where people were studying to do music production and also songwriting. And I became really good friends with some of the guys uh, in that program. And we had a band called fireflies that everybody was always looking for a bass player so they would come to the other departments and i played electric bass too and um you know i was i was just kind of i played a little bit of electric bass back then and i kind of like learned on the fly uh taught myself so that i could play in these rock bands but i played in a band called fireflies with um some really talented guys that were in the other program and um from there, I just kind of ended up on a trajectory of doing more pop music and yeah. rock and roll and, you know, more um, uh, popular music. I say did, pop, but... Yes. Did they launch on to pursuing a musical career like you have? or? Yeah, they're out there doing some pretty incredible stuff, actually, uh, all of them. Uh, so the lead singer of that band uh, is... He lives in L.A. now and he writes... The music for a lot of movies um he wrote all the music for disney's luca the pixar film no kidding wow, yeah that's so cool and uh he's working on uh wow there was this show he's done more shows than i can actually keep up with in the beginning i used to follow everything he did but now i i uh wouldn't have time for my own career if i if i watched all his stuff because he's so busy <laughs> But he did a really, um, he's done some really brilliant Netflix shows too. And I know he does the music for The Good Doctor and um, uh, super, one of those Superman shows, I think Superman and Lois. Yeah, um, I watched it before. Yeah, watched it before, yeah. That's what, that was, his name's Dan Romer. And, and then uh, the guitar player in that band, Will Farr, is an extremely talented uh, singer-songwriter also. And he's got a band called hurrah a bolt of light based out of uh the twin cities minneapolis so if you're looking for somebody when you do that state uh he would be a good guy i'll check him out one of my favorite blues guys johnny lang is from up there oh yeah yeah excellent so so what makes a bass player decide to start writing his own music so uh when that band Fireflies first started, um, Dan and Will and then the keyboard player were all writing music together for that band. And, um, you know, that 
the band was on was on a really fast trajectory um dan had uh had a spec deal with sony records back then and he was he had won the john lennon songwriting competition when he was i want to say like 16 or something and uh so he it was kind of open season if you could write a song that was good enough it would be on one of the records for our band fireflies so don't you, I was don't so you far love that? Don't you love that bar? It's got to be good enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be good enough. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and it had to compete with what Dan and Will were writing, which was mm. just a high level of composing they were doing. And so, I was just starting out, and I was so far behind what they had already accomplished that I started writing, and I would write two or three songs a day. Just to practice, just practicing oh, okay. writing, and I would learn other people's songs. And I, you know, I was learning guitar at the same time because I was mostly a, I knew some chords, but I was mostly a bass player. So right, I right. wanted an instrument that lent itself to writing a little better uh, for the style of writing I wanted to do. And so that's kind of really how I started doing that. I just I would sit down and find time and, and write songs in all my spare time. I'm I'm always fascinated by the songwriting process and the songwriting motivation. And this next song of yours, as soon as I read the title, I went, uh-oh. And then, <laughs> and then I listened to it, and I, I kind of teared up. Yeah, it's a sad one for sure. It really is. It's called The Last Goodbye. So who's that about? Uh, I wrote it for my grandfather when he passed away. Oh, no kidding. Um, huh. And uh, I wrote it like pretty shortly after. And... Uh, uh, when I sent the track over, I, I put Matt Krahula and the Nightmare River Band on it just for mm -hmm. labeling for your sake. But it, it's actually just released under the Nightmare River Band, which was my band when I still lived in New York City. Um, and uh, we still release stuff together. It's kind of just me and, and the drummer and sometimes Will, the guy from that other project that I was telling you yeah. about. And uh, whenever we all play on a record, I put I slap the Nightmare River Band as <laughs> who who played on it because it's it was always the these three guys so uh well, well this particular song really touched me I, you know i lost my i lost my dad about a, a year and a half ago and my mom about a year and a half before that and when you said it about your grandfather immediately just like that i got transported into what my kids must have been feeling yeah you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of cousins and and uh, relatives that have a hard time listening to it because it it really yeah. does hit some personal things about my my grandfather too. And but I it it kind of became the single from that record, which ended up ended up charting on like the CMJ charts and stuff. No kidding, uh, well, good for you. And every every time they tell me to pick a single, I pick the wrong song, so I picked a different <laughs> song, and then you send it to college radio and the and whoever the DJs are, they actually are listening to the whole record. And that was the one that kind of blew up for us. That is so uh, funny. Like, here, here's my whole album. Here's the song I want you to listen to. And they're like, yep. we, good, thank you. We like this one better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that one ended up being the one that really people really reacted well to it. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I don't feel sad playing it. Um, I felt sad writing it, but that's why I get that's that, how yeah. I kind of got those emotions out. And um, the one line that I always think about, though, is uh, 
nieces and nephews remembering all of your stories and rhymes because it was uh you know i said nieces and nephews just for the sake of the uh, lyric working yeah, a little it better worked. it worked right but uh yeah my grandfather had a lot of stories but never really knew he could never really and it, he never really pieced together the full thought of uh like he would have these little rhymes that he would recite but he never got the whole thing Oh. <laughs> or, uh, so it's kind of like a funny thing that we would always everybody would always kind of chuckle about so i i put that in there and i'm pretty sure every all the relatives understood what that meant <laughs> well that, that line got me and I'll, I'll tell you about that off because it's about it's it's a personal thing but that line really got me when yeah. my dad I'm, I'm reflecting on my dad's uh passing but i don't want to take up sure, your sure. time talking about this <laughs> i want to take up your time and letting this audience listen to this this heart tugging song <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really well written man i really got it uh accolades it just uh i got the message that you were saying and Thank it you. hit me right inside here and i hope that who was listening right now will have the same effect matt Prahula from honolulu in the song alaska goodbye it's hard to say your last goodbyes The winter grows colder, the fields are all covered with snow and ice If I said I won't miss you, we all know that it would be lies, lies, lies So we Hold our breath as we say goodbye Close our eyes as we say goodnight Whisper your name in a sweet lullaby As we make our way through the sky
Made it through the song without crying. How about that? Last goodbye with Matt Krahula. And we'll be back with him and talk about another song of his in a moment. Years ago, though, I got into an accident at work where I ended up spending an entire month on my stomach while my back wounds were healing, okay? I had scalded and severely burned my lower back. And about two weeks into my healing, I realized I haven't had a cigarette in two weeks. I quit smoking. Now, that method worked for me. I don't suggest it for anybody else. Thank goodness, though, there's a company called Laser Therapy South located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, but servicing anybody and everybody in the country. Since 2003, over 20 years, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed its own unique approach to tackle both the physiological and habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. It's laser therapy. It's sort of an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada over 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is the same as your quit date. The laser is kind of a cold or a therapeutic laser. It doesn't produce heat. It doesn't cut tissue. It doesn't hurt. In fact, most clients report sort of a feeling like a, having a massage after the treatment. It really works. Laser Therapy South. www.lasertherapysouth.com. Check them out if you want to quit smoking. Laser Therapy South, where being a quitter is a good thing. So, Matt? What's your future looking like? What uh, what do you see your future looking like three years, five years, ten years? Do you stay with music? Are you going to write more? Are you going to produce? What do you want to do? You know, I do some production already, and um, I I do that is 
writing and producing is is probably my first love as a musician like being there and and kind of like figuring out the map like to make each song the best it can be yeah um and how instruments need to work together in which sonic ranges you need to fill to make something sound the way you want it and like so that is that is probably where i would love to see my future i love playing live too and what, uh walk, do me a favor, walk me through that process sure. of what you think someone has or how that song has to develop what happens up here to produce that out here you know i think it's it's probably different for each song and each producer um for me like when i since i'm self-producing a lot of stuff it's it's probably a lot more internalized than um you know i i think some producers what they'll do is they're good at bringing the right people together so mm -hmm. you know they might like i would say uh i don't know if you're familiar with kind of some of johnny cash's like late albums that he did with rick rubin um kind of just before he died i think a lot of the production was finding was rick rubin helping him find the right songs find the song record. for him yeah that uh, that resner song he did what was it uh hurt yeah hurt yeah and oh my I gosh think, can you can you imagine anybody but johnny cash doing that song now it's amazing and uh, there's some other ones there's that sting song he does on there too that i had i had never heard the original one but it's i think it's called i hung my head that was another one that was, i had heard that that's right i forgot sting did that yeah uh and there's a like i won't back down the tom petty song was tom on petty one song, of those yeah. records and it's and there's just songs that yeah i think the product the major role pro i you know i don't know for sure but the way i perceive it is the major role that rick rubin played in those recordings was just finding the right matches for him it's um, such a cool vision to see that and it may not be yeah. right but that's it's how you see it yeah right? and how you see it and how you can get that to manifest with somebody else that's amazing man that's that's a gift yeah so i think there's like a lot of different levels to to do that from on a uh for me as a writer working on my own stuff i you know i go at it kind of i'll have an idea of what i want something to sound like uh when i go in and sometimes i work around my strengths um you know and i mean i always try to but sometimes you know <laughs> you end up on the wrong side of that but you know i my strengths are like a lot of the ways I, like i'll write a song based on what i can sing i don't write a lot of melodies that i don't think i can vocally handle yeah um so i consider myself a like a songwriter singer i guess not a singer songwriter you know like that's a real good take no that's absolutely because <laughs> you could take your 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 work and present it to somebody and it could be a male or female and say you want to do something with this and it might not be anything like what you started with but it's your yeah. words and your message and their interpretation of it that made it the piece of art that it becomes and actually what i um one thing that i'm doing that album that last good the that previous song last goodbye was mm -hmm. from that was actually that was the title track so the album was called last goodbye as well but uh it's turning uh, 11 years old this year so You're i um, kidding 
That sounded so fresh. (laughs) Well, thank you. So uh, I'm releasing an album called Last Goodbye 11, um, which are some of my favorite singer-songwriters are each doing a cover of it that they produced in their own style. Um, Of your song. So uh, there'll be a different artist doing each song from the album. So 11, okay. 11 different artists total uh, will be each have each produced a, a track, um, like a reimagination of a one of the songs. Reimagination of the original. song that was on the last yeah. goodbye. Yeah. Okay. That's clever, man. Did you come up with that? Uh, you know, it was like an idea that I pieced together from that. I kind of, I'd never seen anybody do exactly that, but I had seen people do them for different versions of that. So I, I took a few things and tweaked it to fit my, my situation. Now, the first two songs were pretty, what I would call pretty much mainstream sound. First one had a little bit of an Island sound to it. Second was more mainstream pop. This last song, one night in Lahaina has such a strong reggae fa- flavor to it. And is, is it wrong for me to associate reggae with the caribbean and not hawaii so yeah well you know reggae started in the caribbean for sure um but there is a strong there's a strong reggae scene here it's a little bit different uh they call it jawaiian uh and uh i got it yeah jamaican hawaiian jawaiian yeah yeah and my uh my take on on that here is is um the the Jawaiian music for me always seems a little bit of a sunnier disposition than the than the Jamaican like the Jamaican music seems to be coming out of struggle a lot of the times yeah it's and um the I I feel like the not that there aren't struggles here because there are some pretty serious ones but I think a lot of the Jawaiian music comes from from uh just a different angle where it's like I, I initially said, like maybe just a sunnier disposition, you know. Interesting though, because the reggae song that we're going to play comes from a town that's going through struggling now. Yeah, so I, I actually um, I wrote this. This is the uh, out of the three songs I sent you. This one is actually unreleased at this point, but it'll okay. um, it'll if it's not released by the time this airs on the fifteenth, then it will be released shortly after okay. so i got that master back two nights ago uh, and i really wanted to include it in this podcast because uh i think it just it um i wrote it four four years ago after i first went to maui really and we walked through that town and i so well this is like a town that is like a little bit lost in time it's like a really historic town there are all these uh, beautiful old buildings that had been there for, you know, I wouldn't even know how many years, but the, yeah. it was, it was really like just this quaint town by the sea. It was really beautiful. And the, unfortunately, you know, uh, the entire town was just like leveled by these fires. Everything is, is gone. And a lot of people lost their lives and it's really you sad. Wrote but it, it you me, wrote it, you wrote it four years ago before these fires occurred. Yeah. Just about, uh, about the feeling of like, wow, if I never got to come back here, that would be a real shame. Uh, Cause this is such a beautiful place. And uh, you could tell right away, it was a very, it was just a special place to be. And I yeah. went home and 
kind of thought about uh thought about it when i wrote that song and then um it's been i started a record uh last year that i'm kind of wrapping up right now that that song was going to be on so i had it almost completely finished and i decided to kind of push that one forward as a single and get it out ahead of the record and um i'll i'll i'm gonna donate the um whatever proceeds I get from the song will go to helping the, the victims of the Maui fires and the, and the people who have lost their homes. Um, so for that, for at least the, you know, 2023, 2024. Oh, God bless you for that, man. That's amazing that you're able to do that. I'm think, I'm sitting here thinking how prophetic that might have been though, because it, it's a, a romantic view of a town and how you, you saw Lahaina, Lahaina. And, yeah, and it's never going to be the same. Even if they replicated everything, it'll never be what you experienced. Right. Yeah, and it and you know I had no, I actually haven't gone back there since then either. Oh, really? Went there, and uh, I've driven past there a couple times for gigs, but I haven't gone down into Lahaina Town. So it was that was my my one visit, and I uh, and uh, I when I initially wrote that song, I. I had come at the lyrics from kind of a weird angle and uh, I rewrote it because I thought only, I was like, you know, it had the same sentiment, but I thought lyrically I might be the only one to enjoy it. <laughs> I had written it as a, uh, as like the captain of an alien spaceship that crashes in Lahaina yeah. and spend and uh, was going to spend like and get stranded there for like 10 years. And then one day he gets contacted by, spaceship from his alien race saying we found you we saw your beacon we're gonna come get you and it was supposed to be his farewell to the island and oh, then okay i said you know i wrote that and i i really liked it but i said i don't you know this might be too weird for everybody else so i had re i took a few different angles at the lyrics and settled on this one as kind of just a like a leaving and longing to return. It's it's got a real strong romantic feel to it. You know, and uh, I got that. So good good job. Good writing. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Listen. Oh, thank you. One night in Lahaina. This is the last song we're gonna hear tonight from Matt Krahula. Give me one more night in Lahaina. One more night in Kihei. I may leave this world in the morning. But my heart will always stay on the island Looking back at how far we've come Oh, this world was waiting here Underneath the sun In a time where everything will change It's nice to find a place that stays the same So if I ever leave, if I ever leave I would always be longing for If I ever leave, if I ever leave I would always be longing for I hope you're standing there right beside me Just looking out over Molokai Or we could take the road down to Hana It's too late to drive You know that I'm gonna so if I ever leave, if I ever leave, 
I would always be longing for If I ever leave, if I ever leave I would always be longing for One more night in Lahaina One more night in Kihei I may leave this world in the morning But my heart will always stay on the Forget our age, we'll still grow old though The seasons never change And I can't think of a better place To lay under the stars And float off into space So if I ever leave, if I ever leave I would always be longing for If I ever leave, if I ever leave I would always be longing for One more night in Lahaina One more night in Kihei I may leave this world in the morning But my heart will always stay On the island On the island On the island One night in Lahaina from Honolulu on the Music of Miracle podcast. Matt, this is the section we call Shameless Self-Promotion, and uh, you've got so much great music out there. You've got stuff coming out. You're you're a bass man for a legend in town, so shamelessly self-promote. Go. <laughs> All right. Well, the things that I, I would probably tell people to check out uh, would be some of my social media. I'm pretty active on Instagram, so uh, if you want to kind of follow along, with uh, my path and my story, you know, uh, Instagram is a great place to do it. And that's just, you know, my handle is at Matt Krahula. So M-A-T-T-K-R-A-H-U-L-A. Um, and I always, people always ask, especially now that I live in Hawaii, um, if that's a Hawaiian name and especially on a podcast, uh, you, it's pretty obvious I'm not Hawaiian if you're looking at me, but, yeah. uh, but, but nobody this is audio only so with yeah like <laughs> i mean i had that same thing i'm like okay let's i'm gonna see the samoan looking dude that's gonna come on there and... <laughs> so yeah so i uh i it's actually a czechoslovakian name uh no kidding and as soon as i moved to hawaii that was when people stopped asking if it was a hawaiian name because uh there's no r in the hawaiian alphabet so everybody here knew that uh whereas when i live lived on the mainland everybody said oh hula and for hula that's very hawaiian sounding and i would get that a lot actually so it's funny i coming here that everybody is well aware that it wasn't that's <laughs> funny so we can um, find it met kahula and then macro on instagram and then also i um 
uh spotify i release all my music on spotify which is just under my name also matt krahula and and so you and, can make your three cents per download right yeah exactly <laughs> and it's on apple music and all the all okay. those places under under that name as well and uh youtube mac just dot com slash backslash matt krahula um and i'm pretty active in all those places uh so give a follow on on any of those platforms and you'll you'll uh definitely be hearing from me and you get a new album you said might be coming out this year that's gonna have yeah i've uh the first three singles are finished the first one is out there it's uh, already on spotify it's called south shore party mm -hmm. um and then one night in lahaina is gonna be released uh very soon and um there the rest of the album will follow probably about be, three months from now will it be a full-length lp or will it be an ep what do you do usually uh this one's gonna be 12 tracks wow okay. and uh there really? are all songs that were kind of about my move to hawaii um during over you know the covid shutdowns i ended up writing um probably around 50 songs and wow <laughs> it kind of a allowed me to do something that i've never really done which was put the songs into groups um you know i've made albums in the past and i've always felt like you know maybe one or one or two of the songs doesn't maybe fit the flow of the album but this is what i have the time and the money to work yeah. on now and i want those songs to be out there so this time i um i sifted through all those songs and said you know these 12 songs make a nice pairing as these are my story of of going to Hawaii and, and moving here and, and starting my life here. Um, and then I had, and, uh, so those, that, that album is, is wrapping up now and it's, it's kind of a, I think maybe it's going to be a really cool album. Maybe by Christmas, maybe by the end of the year. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping at least by the end of the year. January. I've never put out an album or a CD, so I don't know what the process is. I know people <laughs> crank these things out like this, and some people say, oh, it's been a five-year project. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, this, you know, this one I, I'm trying to keep from stretching into something like that. I started it last year, and uh, the one problem about doing projects that don't have a strict deadline is, is uh, you know, you really have to make your own deadlines or they never get finished. Yeah, I was, so, was going to finish your sentence where the problem with no deadlines is there's no deadlines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, Matt, it's been a pleasure. But, uh, you click with some interviews and this has been one of those I could, we could talk for hours. I think, man, it was just, it's been so much fun. Thank, Thank you. you Tom. Yeah, it's been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. It's Matt Krahula, our guest today. And it wraps up our visit to the islands of Hawaii. Next, we're traveling to Idaho with songs from Chase Rick's music. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.